and there were these logs, all kinds of logs in it. And it wasn't clogging it up, by the way. It wasn't like that. It was like they were making their way somewhere. <laughs> and um, I just felt like the Lord is saying that, um, and this is a word for basically for all of you, but also for you, Miko and Alyssa, is that God is, is, is moving with the Spirit for you to build new things. And he's going to provide just in new ways. It's just going to, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, it's just different. It's new, you know. Um, how many know that God's always doing a new thing? Always. The lesson of the manna, you know, it's, we don't rely on yesterday, even though yesterday's a great foundation, but today we eat afresh. We eat the word fresh and, and we have a new harvest every season. And so I just want to bless you. And I believe that God's going to provide though. Uh, radically to for you to build and so but it's going to be the river of God that's going to sustain it so you don't have to feel the weight of it you don't have to feel the pressure of it and um, I think that's awesome what you're doing in July you're still coming but you're not preaching a lot of times my you know uh, greatest times of revelation for the church was when I wasn't having to focus on just the preaching but I could also focus on what God was doing and uh, so I just blessed that time too amen well, I uh, woke up early, and I always joke with the Lord, why Why do we need to wake up early? I could, you know, talk earlier, but uh, I mean later. But I, I, I felt really strongly as I was asking, what do you want to do this morning? And uh, he gave me something to encourage you. Uh, before I do that, I always bring my books, zero pressure, but if you don't have them, this one, uh, now they have this in Japanese, actually. They, they, they share it in there, but it's called The Five Fingers of God. It's in 13 languages. And, uh, and the one's called, this one's called The um, Relational Transformation. And this, this book is how to know your destiny, and this book is how to work together in your destiny. Okay? So let me know. I have just a few copies. Uh, I want you to turn your iPads, Bibles, and phones to Jeremiah chapter 1. And you know, this is probably a familiar text to many of you. When God spoke to Jeremiah... But I hope that this is a little bit of a, you might say, a fresh twist. Because uh, I'm going to give this to you not only as individuals, but to you as a body. Jeremiah chapter 1, and I'm going to begin um, at verse 5. It says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, I just pray that you will really um, give life to this word today. I believe it's for them, for abiding place. I do honor everyone here. We thank you, Lord, for our founding pastors. We thank you for 
the team that's here. We thank you for each person, though, Lord, that they're a part, they're a vital part. And we just pray, Lord, that this will be a collective word that will give strength in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, uh, one of my favorite themes, in fact, uh, sometimes they say that, you know, when someone is uh, speaking, they pretty much have a few, just a few messages. You know, they say it in many different forms, right? And uh, if I were to say that my main message is that I want you to come into your full destiny. I want you to come into your full measure. I don't want you to be, in, you know, to, to, to just get a part of what God had for you. I, I want you to be able to, to, to experience the fullness of Christ. And um, in this day and age right now, there is a battle for identity. There's even a battle for gender identity. An extreme battle out there. And I tell people that your responses need to be biblical, but also compassionate. And what I mean by that is you, you, you adhere to God's Word, but when you encounter people, you love them with all of your might. Show them what the true identity, what a true son in Christ and a true daughter looks like. Amen? I'm filled with compassion when I'm face-to-face with someone that I know lives in a culture that has confused them to that measure, given them that many choices that, that, that just cause confusion. But that's not my sermon today. But my sermon today is this, is that we are God's idea. Okay? We belong to Him. We are, he was, we, every one of us were created by him and formed by him. Our identity and our destiny starts with him and really ends with him. He is our alpha and omega. He's our beginning and end. Everything. We move in him and have our being. He's the vine and we're the branches. There's so many biblical images that we can give, but for us to be rooted and established in him, it is so comforting to know that before he even formed me, he knew me. He knew you. He knew your marriage. He knew your family. You see, sometimes we just individualize this. But everything that's formed by God, he knows beforehand. And you know what? The same is true for abiding place. God knew. How many years has this church been here? Thirteen. Okay, And even before that, was it, you know, God knew what he wanted to do, how he wanted to impact this region, what he wanted to sow, what he wanted to release. You know, this to me is so comforting to know that God has had me in his heart and that when he formed me, he knew me. And listen to this. This is so powerful what he says to Jeremiah. He says this, before you were born... I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And I love this part because it's saying, before you're even born, I set you apart. You want to know the Hebrew word here for set apart is actually the same word that's often translated ordain. (laughs) The word ordain means to be set apart for a purpose. Even when Jesus declared over his life and he said, he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. And he starts out with one of the purposes. 
is what? To proclaim good news to the poor. Jesus links even anointing with purpose. And guess what? Your, your first call is to be a son and daughter, but God anointed, appointed you, ordained you for a purpose. And, and so that's really my motivation for what I said uh, in my first book, but a lot of my teaching is I just want you to know what your purpose is. You may not fully understand it, but to begin to declare it has power. And that's what God did over Jeremiah. You see, Jeremiah, uh, well, before I go to that, he also says to him, I point you to be a prophet to the nations. It was a specific role and a specific call. And I want to apply that to you today. Like, you know that he formed you, and you, you, you have joy in that, but do you know that he also ordained and set you apart for a purpose? And then he declares your purpose over your life. When we started to have, uh, started to hear the voice of the Lord, we, 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 we had the, these things called anointing classes, and all we did was meet with people and say, what's your call? What's your anointing? What's your purpose? And then we'd bring in a prophetic team of people that didn't know them, and we would prophesy destiny and purpose over every person. You know, that's really a blueprint. That's not the building. But God has that purpose for you, and he's anointed for you. But this is what I felt the word of the Lord is. God did that with abiding place. He formed you. He set you apart. And he set you apart for a purpose. And as wonderful as that river is and wonderful as that journey is, is that it's not yet fully fulfilled. Do you see the word says that he will continue a good work in us and until the day of the Lord Jesus, until his return. He's going to continue something that he wants to do, that, was, that he ordained in your purpose. Things that he ordained under the leadership of the previous primary leaders, he has something different in this season. We're not comparing them. We don't contrast them. We grow from them. That's what a river does. A river isn't straight and linear. <laughs> a river doesn't go just from point A to point B. It hits a lot of, it hits C and D and E and F and G and maybe you come back over to where it's going to go. Guess where it goes? Where there's no resistance to the Spirit. That's where a river goes. A river goes where there's a flow. And I want to let you know this. One of the greatest ways to create a flow in a church and in a movement is when people have a sense of calling. Have a sense of calling. And not one, all of us. Not one person is called. All of us are called. Not one of us were set apart. All of us were set apart. Yes, were we set apart individually? Yes. I'm called to be an apostle. I didn't call myself an apostle. I was commissioned in 2006. And six, by Cheon. Right now, for example, how am I doing that? I'm ministering to the Bulgarian community. I did it a few months ago in Amsterdam, or Rotterdam technically. I'm flying Tuesday to be with the Bulgarian community in Germany. And I'll be speaking, not in German, <laughs> in English translated into Bulgarian. And they're hungry. But guess what? They don't have what you have. They don't have the freedom in the spirit that you have. Many of them have been bound by so much tradition. They need what you have. 
And that's what I get to do. I get to bring freedom where religion is trying to extinguish the move of the Spirit. That's what my role is. That's my lane. But you all have your lane. And the great thing about this is that your lane isn't my lane and your lane isn't mine, but you have a lane. And any culture and any church that can understand how you help you understand that lane is important. But why is it that people don't always know their lane or walk in the lane? Well, we see it in Jeremiah. Jeremiah wasn't listening to the voice of the Lord. He was listening to the voice of culture. See, the culture told him, you, I am too young. I don't know how to speak. Who told him he was too young? Culture. A church can be the same way. I know that's not true here, but I love it when I go to a church and the young ones are praying for me. I used to go back to my third grade, fourth grade class, and they'd pray for me before I went to Kenya and send me off. All ages. Olders. I can't, oh man, when I do a mission trip, I'm so disappointed if I don't have someone with really gray hair. Disappointed because I want them to see three and four generations working together. See, there's power in what God created, not only individually, but as a family. As a family who are moving together in their purpose. But guess what? We have all kinds of things. I'm too young. I'm too old. <laughs> I don't have enough training. I don't know how to speak. You know, one of my favorite things is, I've told you this, I take people to the nations. I would love to take you sometime. I know you're going to go. I'm taking someone, some people to uh, the Philippines in September. Next year, I'll be take, going back to Kenya. And I'll just tell you one story. There was a, a gal that went on this last trip. Her name is Michelle. And Michelle came on the trip, and um, her pastor had told her about it. She thought it was a humanitarian trip, and she didn't know it was a praying and prophesying and healing trip. And she got there, and she says, what am I doing here? She could barely form a sentence. She was so scared to talk to other people. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. She was, she's a giver, and she, does, she speaks with her actions. So she said to me, I, I don't know how to prophesy. I don't know how to pray for people. And I said, that's okay. I don't need you to do that. She looked at me. I said, you know what I need you to do? Love people. Can you love people? Well, she was very intimidated even by me. Just, you know, she was very hard for her to speak by me. For me by, you know, so I just loved on her, and the team took over. Guess what the Lord told me? Mark, you're not the one who's going to release her. It's your culture. It's your community. It's the women that will come around her and walk with her. In fact, he told me, don't talk to her for four days, like with a direct question, because it'll be intimidating for her. That doesn't mean I can't joke with her or look at her. I'm not saying that. But the Lord said, don't go right to her, because it'll be too direct and it'll intimidate her. By the middle of the troop, this trip... This woman was feeling so encouraged by her team, getting up in front and telling her testimony. Her testimony was so hard and terrible. 
And it was exactly what the Kenyans needed to hear. Toward the end of the trip, or toward the end of the, you know, middle of there, she started prophesying and praying over people. She started washing people's feet. She wanted to help wash an entire village feet. Literally, by the end of the trip, it was almost like this, move over, Benny Hinn. I mean, it was like crazy. The whole team said, can you believe the transformation in just less than two weeks from Michelle? See, she was one who was saying, I don't have anything to offer. I can't prophesy like you. I can't, I can't pray for healing like you do. You know, sometimes in a church we can get like superstars. You know, there are people that we think, oh, they're really good at that. And they are. But guess what? Anybody that's good at that, their job is to equip you to be good at that. <laughs> Doesn't belong to them. The gifts always belong to the Spirit. They're never simply ours. They're, they belong to the Spirit. They're called the gifts of the Spirit. The Spirit can move without, <laughs> can move without us and around us, but it's certainly better if he's working with us. A whole bunch of logs going down together, waiting to see what God is going to build in the river. You know, it's a new season and a new time, important one. And God wants to do a new thing through you than he's done before. He wants to do a, a new way. And it's not because new is better, but it's because, let me give you an example. Any intercessors here? How many of you seen our intercessors? Do you know how many of you have a computer? How many times have your computer ever tried to update? How many love it when it updates right when you need it? Do you know that a lot of intercessors don't understand how much they have to update their prayers? They're praying like they, the prayer was unanswered. Did you know that the Lord tells me to sometimes to tell intercessors, you need to change how you're praying because I've already answered that prayer. I've already released that prayer, and I'm wanting to unlock new things through you praying in agreement with me for the new things I want to do. How do I know this? I live with an intercessor. In fact, she's a world-class intercessor as far as I'm concerned, and I've seen her shift, seen shifts in regions and in impact in nations. And I know it's always, Lord, show me how to pray. It's always changing. It's a new, th he's doing it. So new isn't better. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's fresh oil. It's living water. It's a running river. It's not a stagnant body of water. It's a moving body of water. You know, God is doing that with you. I am sent to you today to give you in a word like, don't miss out. And I'm not saying you are. I'm just reminding you that this is the time. There's a lot of logs. You know, logs actually, you know, in the old day when all the timber would be going down, that, that was like the, man, the, the, when they cut down those trees and all the value and all the building and all the homes and it was going to, all the infrastructure was going to come through those trees. I'm too young. I don't know how to speak. Do you, do you ever tell the Lord anything like that? <laughs> Me, Lord? <laughs> what do you mean? One time I, I was waking up and I hear the Lord say, it's time to shift nations. And I'm going, God, go for it. That's great, you know. <laughs> it's time to shift nations. Praise you, Lord. And the Lord's like, almost like, you don't get it. 
It's a time for you to be a part of shifting nations. Do you know what I could say to that? I could say, who am I? What do you mean, me? I know it's not alone, but by the way, I'm not, I don't feel, you know, like this big self, you know, like, oh. But God was inviting me to be a part of shifting some places. And then he said, I said, well, Lord, how do I do it? Humble yourself. You don't have to understand it. You can't necessarily see it. I said, well, how do I shift nation? What do you mean? And he says, listen to the invitations you're going to start getting. They're different than you got before. Before it was, Mark, come and do a conference on the fivefold. Mark, come train us on the apostolic. The invitations were like this. This is a true one from Amsterdam. It was, come help us father this movement in our nation. And so when I went, I got to go all over with Anne doing uh, heart, you know, uh, kingdom heart meetings, father heart meetings all over that nation, going on the train here and there. We went to, again, we, I mentioned Bulgaria. went to Bulgaria. They said, come, help us start a movement there. We've got a school, but we want to start a movement. I'll never forget, I went to Russia. You know what they said? Help us start a prophetic movement. Not come and do training on prophecy. Come help us start a prophetic movement. Do you know what it was like inside me when they said that? It was like it put a whole new demand on my anointing. It made me think, what do you mean start a movement? I cried out to God. I, got, I was humbled. It was, you know, there's no pride in this. Lord, how could I start a movement? And he says, go. And he gave me five things to declare over them to start what he wanted to do. When I went and began to declare the five things, the leaders and all the people began to hit the ground. This was like in June or July. I can't remember. I said, what's going on? They said, these are the five things that God put before us. We've been praying all six months since January 1st. Everything you're declaring is nearly word for word what God has been showing us to do in this nation. Little old me. (laughs) Half the time I don't get it. (laughs) Do you know the more I move in the spirit, the more I come into my destiny, the less I get it. You know why? Because it's bigger and better and more powerful and much more enduring than I could ever do. But I get to be, just like in 2 Corinthians says, that we're a, what? A vessel, a clay vessel. I get to contain. I don't understand. You know, the Lord told me one time, He goes, you can... Wherever you go, you can increase the prophetic movement. I mean, do you know how often I want to talk God out of things? That's what Jeremiah is doing. To God, you know, and I love how he does it. Alas, oh, all-knowing God, except two things. You forgot that I'm too young and don't know how to speak, you know. Sometimes I laugh at myself. Lord, I, my confirmation needs a confirmation, you know. It takes boldness. It takes, listen to this, it takes true humility to believe God. 
People think that makes you prideful. It's the opposite. You don't get prideful when you know it's all God and, and you just get to be a part. There's no pride in that. There's submission. There's obedience. There's faith. There's crucifying the thoughts that oppose my destiny. I will not let the enemy tell you who I am and who I'm not. In fact, I'm going to say this with humility, I think, and boldness. I expect to release a shift wherever I go. Why? Because that's why he sends me. I'm here to command a blessing on you. The logs are in the river. The river is flowing. It's going to get greater and greater and greater. And God is going to build something new in this season. But it's going to take everybody, not only here, but others that are going to come and be a part. And they're going to look looked and sound different from you. But guess what? They're going to have one sound the same. And it's going to be more, Lord. More of you and less of me. You know, God even says this to him. Do not say that. I'm not too young. Don't say our church is too small. Our church doesn't have a good enough website. By the way, your website's great. I'm not saying that, okay? I found how to give there. That's what I wanted to know. Don't say, don't measure your, your, your ministry by your own understanding. It's, it's, it's usually wrong. God is so much nicer than you. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, what I mean is God, God is, he's, not, he's always looking to sustain us and build us up. And when he convicts us, we love it. Do you understand? God's correction is great. I recently had a correction in my life, and it, it um, I don't want to go into all the detail, but it, it, it really, really made me count some of my attitudes toward, toward um, one, of my, one of my children in particular. And it, it was like wonderful. It broke me free. So we love conviction. We, we love the Lord to come and say, don't say that anymore about yourself. Don't say that about others. Don't measure the way you measure. What do you mean you don't know how to speak? <laughs> you know, one of my favorite stories about being too young, I'll just make it quick because I want to stay to the point, but we were in, we were in Kenya and uh, we were working with the youth and the youth were told that, uh, we asked them, what's, what's the scariest thing for you? What's the hardest thing? And they said, well, in our country, our voice has no value. Youth are considered, you know, just too young. They don't have much to offer. And they said, well, what are you afraid of? And they said, we're, we're afraid of the witch doctors. They curse us. Actually, a lot of people in Kenya, they still go to the witch doctor. They go to church on Sunday, and they go to the witch doctor on Monday. It's a big problem, actually. And uh, our team said, okay, kids, let's go to the witch doctor's house. <laughs> I 
I happen to not be there, but it's such a radical story. I love to share it because it was my team. So they pack up and they walk. There's maybe about four or five of my team and about eight to ten kids, and they go up and knock on the door of the witch doctor. He opens it. What are you doing here, you know, thing? They said, we brought gifts. Now, the gifts look like um, granola bars <laughs> and think-it bars. You guys have love your little display out there. Look at that. That's great. Starburst, that's basically uh, my thing. My, my, okay. Three Starburst, when you're out in the village, it goes all the way. So all of a sudden, the witch doctor looks at them. It's like, you're here to give me gifts? I give them, you know, anything of value. Then they said, do you have anyone sick in the house? I said, yes, my two daughters. And a number of them went in. They wanted to have as many youth go in, so I think just two that they went in. They prayed with the daughters. The fevers broke instantly. And within 10 minutes, just like in the Bible story, they were up waiting, making tea, waiting on the team. And that witch doctor came to the church and came to the Lord. As I'm told, the story was amazing. In fact, other witch doctors came. Uh, it was radical. You know, sometimes the very place when we don't feel like we have a voice is exactly where God wants to teach you. We just did a retreat. We do retreats in our home. We've had 30 people through our home in the last three months. We have groups of 10 people every month. Leaders. Someday we're going to have these guys when, when the things align, okay? Which is all good. But we had one couple there, and what they do is they minister to business, people who are doing business and married. They're four married entrepreneurs. That's their ministry. We put them in the middle, and as they were sharing, the woman said to, to us, it's so hard for me to talk in front of people because I was told and taught my voice had no meaning. In fact, I was mocked by my father. I was teased openly when he would have his friends over on how stupid I was. And I got to the point where I didn't want one word to come out of my mouth. But her husband's been forging along, and she decided with all this courage she was going to go hand in hand with him with fear every time she has to say anything over anybody. But I watched her because we put every couple in the middle. They went hand in hand, stood over them, and blessed them. And she was powerful. And then when I started to hear the testimony that her voice had been quieted, I want to let you know the love of the Father rushed over me, and I couldn't wait. I put my hand on her head, and I just said, I'm going to give you that Father's blessing. We love your voice. We love what you have to say. You know, the enemy tries to quiet you. He tries to tell you you don't have anything to say. You have to tell him to be quiet. <laughs> the enemy's a liar. The, the, the enemy, by, by, by the way, is not stupid, though. The enemy is crafty. He knows exactly what to say to make you hold up. Oh, 
yeah, it's hard for you to minister to those to that marriage because you've had some marriage problems. It's hard for you to minister to that youth because you have a son or daughter that isn't hasn't gone gone the way they should. All th- oh, you know, you went your your marriage failed and 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 later on, you know, you came to the Lord and you're or were walking with Him again and got remarried, but somehow you can't just just not as qualified. Those are all lies. God is, God is the, the Redeemer. The one that we gave our church to James and Lisa Bradburn over, and, and when we first started meeting them, they, they were helpful and everything like that. And we saw, Ann saw, when she even went to him, and he goes, I see a call and ministry in your life. And he goes, no, I'm disqualified. I was divorced. My wife left me when I was young. I couldn't do anything about it. It says, that disqualified you from ministry? And he started to believe again. Let's not get into judgments here and stories and particulars, of course. God, God can sort all that out. I'm saying for people who live a lifestyle of repentance and humility and follow Jesus with all their heart, don't say these things. And please don't say anything about abiding place that does not speak into its destiny. I'm not saying you are, again, but please only speak into what God wants to do. You know, I had a, I had a little rebuke about this lately. I don't mind telling my shortcomings, but like I said, we had three retreats. And the retreat that we had a little over a month ago, I was telling the group, I'm struggling with unanswered prayer. My daughter, she's almost going to be 35. They've been trying to have a child for the last couple years. I want a grandbaby bad. I want to love on this grandbaby. We moved to Portland to be by our natural kids. Well, after we're having a lunch, and this guy comes up to me, and he says, Mark, you're a great leader in the fivefold and in the apostolic, but he goes, you know, when it comes to answered prayer and declaring over your own children, you're not doing very good. <laughs> he says, you should wake up every day and say, Lord, I thank you for the grandchild that you're giving to us. Now, I don't know how much of a direct connection there was, but two weeks later, three Sundays ago, our daughter walked into our house with her pregnancy test <laughs> and said, we're pregnant. I started thinking, how long did I speak incorrectly in my unbelief, out of my own hurt? Am I speaking to anybody here? I want to challenge you to speak what you know God wants to do. You know, there's some promise. Have you guys, did you guys see every promise? Charlie and Lori, every promise that you felt God was going to give to abiding place? No. They got glimpses. That's what we're believing God for. If the communities change, great. Find out who they are. I'm sure the, that the diversities and the things have changed. I have a real heart for the Russian community. I don't know how many you have, but my book's in Russian. I love the Russian community. They're in a great time. 
Russian community right now is in a lot of pain, a lot of pain, because they have friends and family in Ukraine. Oh, that's very confusing for them. Yeah. Do not say. In fact, God gives them a promise. He says, don't say those things. Instead, I want you to remember these things. Number one, go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. I love it. I know there's people out here. You go out in the community. I think this, this gentleman over here, yeah, and some others go out. Some days you might see great fruit and others day like, well, that, that was fun. But did you know every day you put your feet out there, something's released. Every time you go out in the Spirit, God is doing something new. Talk to the people who walked around the walls for six days and saw nothing. Sometimes our walking the days and not seeing much is for us so that our faith will grow and that day of victory will blow the trumpet and we'll see the fruit. But if every day was a day seven, without a day one, two, three, God loves faithful hearts. Go to who I send you. I don't know who God's going to send you to, but go. I see some very interesting community classes happening here. I don't know if they're an entrepreneurial bit or, or mediation. Yeah, family stuff. I just see stuff. Get creative. Invite the community. It's a community center. Oh, you have, I saw you. By the way, I, I, I read up on you, okay? I saw your food program. I saw your healing rooms. I see your life groups. Why do I do it? So I can pray for you more succinctly. What does God have for this community? It's got something special. And that didn't start just now. I saw that in the heart. I've seen that in the heart before and during, and it's going to continue. Do not be afraid of them, for I'm with you. I'm with you. The Lord says, you, you go out, you reach out, I'm with you. And if needed, I'll rescue. We hope we don't need to call on this word <laughs> to be rescued. But if it's need be, he will. And then comes the power. I am so amazed that Jeremiah goes from this moment where he's saying, I don't know. I'm too young. I don't know how to speak. And God basically says, I'm ignoring you. <laughs> please don't say that. Or not please don't say it. Don't say that. Because I'm... I'm going to be with you, and I want you to go in obedience, and I'm going to be with you, and I'm never going to leave you, and I'm, going to, and I'm, never, I'm never going to leave you alone. I'll rescue you. But God doesn't wait for this huge transformation or these months of training to, to happen for Jeremiah. 
It's instantaneous. It's a radical shift that comes. One of my favorite verses, I know I, I hate to say that because next time I preach I'll come and share another verse that's my favorite verse, but it says this, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. See today. You know, I love the today verses. There's a lot of favorite ones, but one of my favorite ones is when, um, when David was anointed, it says, from that day on, the power of the Spirit was on David. So we could say, from this day on, today, the power of the Spirit is on abiding place. When Jesus went to Nazareth and proclaimed the fivefold anointings, proclaimed his, his, the ministry over his life, why he was anointed, in spite of the opposition, misunderstanding, false motives on their parts, Jesus says this, See, today, this word I read from Isaiah 61 is fulfilled in your hearing. See, the see today is, is like we just started a new season. We started a new day. I'm being bold here. A new day. Something is being released. See, when I came in this morning, I found open hearts welcoming at a very high level. I was greeted even before I got to the coffee pot. In fact, I was greeted so much I had to delay my coffee. When I got there, there was starburst. Like, you don't understand. This is like, this is like, you know, almost up there with ribeye steak. Okay, this is high. I had people waiting to pray for me. Eager to pray for me. Chasing me to pray for me. No, not chasing almost because I, I didn't want to take the spot. You don't understand. It's something special. You've got to see your amazingness. You've got to see who you are, not who you're not. We could make a long list of who we're not. All of us can. Today is the day for fresh vision, fresh eyes. See today. And here's the promise. I put my words in your mouth. It's not your words. It's not your opinion. It's not your ideas. As much as I love it, it's not just your strategies. We're going to recognize what the Spirit's doing, then we're going to organize. And I was praying for you, Miko, and the Lord says He loves strategy. Love strategy. Couldn't get enough strategy. 
And he says, I'm going to give it to you collectively. I'm going to give it. Because see, today, I put my words in your mouth. Don't you love it when you get words and they're just like so accurate? What about when you're not quite as accurate? You don't really know what they understand. I, I went over this woman I was going to pray for, I was praying for, and I, 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 get, I get the number 27. I'm going like, what do I do with that? She definitely isn't 27 years old. Maybe she has a 27-year-old son. Finally, you know what I get? I didn't know what else to do. I just felt like the Lord saying, ask her what happened 27 years ago. So I got the 27 years, but I didn't know. But I had the 27. And when I asked her, she looked at me and knew right away. She goes, that's when my husband died. And then she said this. It was like it was yesterday. And I said, what do you mean it was like yesterday? She said, I, I, can't, I can't stop grieving. I can't stop mourning. This is a hard word because I've got to tell her she's got to let go. That there's a... Yes, it's always good to grieve and honor, but to she was not living. She was bound to a spirit, an unclean spirit of grief. But it's what exactly what she needed to hear. See, when God does that, it's, it's amazing. Because you know what happened is she renounced with me that spirit. She said, yes. I said, always honor your hus- the, you know, husband. He wants you to live. <laughs> the next day, the pastor gets a phone call, and a man says to her, it's her son, who was much older, and says, what did you do to my mother? <laughs> he goes, what do, what do you mean? He goes, for 27 years, we go to my mother. We live, her sister and I live real close by, and we always stop by first thing after work. We find our mother crying there. We prepare some tea and a little bit of food we brought. Today we arrived. She was in the kitchen singing and dancing, making us food. What did you do to my mother? Do you see the, the power of, a, of one word? How do things shift? The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. The Word of God comes. We see it. All, I mean, how many stories? Go and live a free life. Go and sin no more. Take up your mat and walk. Wow. That's the power that's present this morning. We can all walk. In fact, hopefully we'll swim. We'll get in that river and start swimming. And the river, the good thing is, if you can't swim very well, the river will take you because the river I saw is pretty strong. You can actually get on one of the logs if you have to. (laughs) But listen to this. It doesn't stop there, and I'll I'll close with this. Am I supposed to end at 11.30 and I drop through the floor or about then? Okay. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms then there's four things top root 
to tear down, to destroy and overthrow. Why do I say there's four things? There's four things that have to do with removing the obstacles. The fifth and sixth things are to build and to plant. Anyone who knows about harvest knows that the ground has to be retilled again every season. It doesn't matter what last year's harvest was. Because this year's going to have different weather, and the ground needs to be ready, and, and, and things can accumulate, ground can harden, get dry, the, the roots could not have come fully cut up, it needs to be tilled. It's not wrong to tear down and uproot. That's not wrong. In fact, it's vital. It's vital in our life. It's vital in the church's life. It's vital in our community to uproot, to over destroy and overthrow. You know why? Because this. God is doing a new thing. Then you build and you plant. It takes as much wisdom to bring and come against and remove obstacles. How many know that we do not fight against flesh and blood? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have the abundant life. That's why none of us have arrived. We're all growing. We're all tearing down and overthrowing strongholds, thoughts, things that oppose the things of God. Do you know how radical this text is to me? Because it's, it's one that I've gotten to live in. I've been in over 40 nations. I've taught 35 nations. I've taught five-fold ministry. I, I've had the privilege to go and and, and, and deal with opposition, you know, I mean, I've had to run out. I mean, I, literally, I thought the secret police was coming in Russia one time. Whisk me out. I had, I prefer not to say their faith, but I was in Tanzania, and I, had told, I was told if you're not out by nighttime, you could be in trouble. That's why I ministered to all of them and their daughters that were sick. It's okay to face opposition. In fact, it's normal to face opposition. That's why you have the, you're appointed to uproot. You're appointed to destroy and overthrow. You're appointed to tear down. We're not talking about ministries here or or things of the past, we're talking about things in the spirit that the enemy is bringing afresh. His old, his, his old attack is not what's coming, it's the new attack. There's always, the enemy is what? Prowling like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But guess what? We're a house of lions and lionesses roaring back and he goes running. <laughs> Bring the kids in, I'm closing. To build and to plant. We always want to get there first. But God's way 
is all, well, I was going to say usually different, but I'm going to say always different. But the word appoint here, I want you to recognize the word appoint here is repeated. It's repeated earlier about your destiny, and it's later related. You're appointed to your function. So I'm here to release a blessing. Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray. Are you encouraged? I love what I see. I love what I hear. I love, I love the culture. I love kids running in. I love kids. Can you pray for me that I can, my grandbaby that's coming, will you pray? Pray for my daughter Lorena, will you do that? Okay, by name, okay? I need you. Okay, it's great. No, he disagreed with me. We're going to pray for Lorena, for, her, for that birth. What's your name? Ezra? Okay, I'm counting on you, okay? I know it's going to make a big difference. God's stirring you. I can see it. It's the oil. It's the presence. This is about him. It's his word. So, Father, we just come to you right now. Again, I surround Miko and Alyssa and their family. Charlie and Lori, everyone here, we're surrounding you with the love of God. Kamiko and Nazumu, we bless them. We bless each of you. But Father, we thank you today that you not only formed us and knew us, you set us apart. And you tear down those things. You show us how, and you declare it over to us. See, today I put my words in your mouth. I appoint you over, whatever is this, Park Rose? I don't, I'm not sure the area, what it's called. Park Rose? Okay. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I just pray for this area, Lord. Your kingdom, your glory come, your kingdom done. Be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, be with abiding place. Quicken the words of the past that you're bringing into the now. Let no word from the past be used against us, but instead inspire us. And new words give fresh revelation. I speak of apostolic blessing over you as a body in agreement with heaven and with all the intercession in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right. Well, what's the plan now? If anybody needs prayer, okay. We got a great team here, and we want to bless you. I I know there's some uh, refreshments. God bless you. Ann and I are around. If you need a book, say hi. Prayer. Uh, pray for us as we go to Germany this week, and then the next week it's going to be hard. We got to go on a cruise. No, I'm kidding. We're going to go on a 40 anniversary cruise. Yeah. Best 43 years of my life. All right, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for having us back.